Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Chat. My name is Brian Carney and absolutely delighted today to be joined by Scottish DJ, producer, record label owner, Mark Sherry. Mark, how are you, man? Brian, I'm good, mate. I'm good. How's yourself? I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't think anyone can really be any better than okay at the moment with everything, (laughs) but just sort of... It's a, it's been a recurring thing on this podcast. It's just sort of one day at a time at this stage. So, yeah, um, it's, it's been pretty pretty tough to be honest. You know, it's I think the longer it goes on, the just the tougher it gets. But you just got to try and keep a strong head. And as as you've said before, with the, the guys you've spoken to, it's not going to be forever. We will get through this. But yeah, it's just it's not been easy for any of us. Yeah, I was I was trying to think back to the last time I saw you. Um, I don't know if you, were you at ASAW last year. You playing? Uh, it wasn't ASO. No, I think it was it not. Um, I think it was Dream State. Was it not Dream State? Yeah, you were playing with Frank. Yeah, your Gen yeah, Tech. I was Gen on. Tech. I was on after you. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's the last time I would have um, seen you. But obviously, I know you a long time. Uh, we've been sort of colleagues, and we've we've known each other for maybe t- uh, 10, 12 years, maybe at yeah, this man. stage. So, yeah. Um, I remember when I did start this podcast, uh, you you got in touch with me and you said you listened to it and you enjoyed it, and I appreciated that and. I thought you'd be an ideal person to come on because you're someone that I got on well with. Um, you're someone who I've had, like, we've had sort of deep discussions on other things in the past when I was thinking back from stuff from years ago. Yeah. Um, I just I just want to ask you, do you remember we played the the festival Eurofest in Mexico in the water park? I know, mate. You know, <laughs> can you imagine doing that now? It's just, it's, it's hard to believe her running around in her shorts, diving into swimming pools and, you know, hugging everybody in Mexico and just having a... Amazing time, and I actually thought of that recently after I'd spoken to you and I'd seen the the chat, the chat shows you've been doing. It just, yeah, it's it's just things you simple things you take for granted that you would do anything to have happen now. You know, it's yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was laughing at because for for anyone listening in or watching, um, we played at a festival in 2012 called Eurofest, and it was taking place in like a water park about maybe an hour outside Mexico City. Would that be right? Yeah, wasn't it? So. Yeah. Uh, the way it was, we were there at the water park basically all day. So while we were waiting around to play, we were in and out of water and just walking around. And it's a bit of a blur to be honest <laughs> most of the day. But uh, it, it's just I just I, I actually completely forgot about that that gig. Yeah. And then it's when I think back on it, geez, I, think, I, 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 th- I, th- I love something like that right now. But I know, mate. I think we're I think we're drunk by the time the plane had taken off. I remember going on straight on the plane and the beer the beers were yeah, flowing. It was we did, me yeah, and. We, uh, Alex, Alex uh, indeed, noise. Yeah, we flew over from Amsterdam. Yeah, I remember it well. So yeah, I just, actually, sorry, mate. I sorry, no, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I ended up with a really bad, a really bad stomach bug after that gig, and I know for a fact it was the swimming pool because it didn't, it didn't just didn't look the cleanest pool that I've ever been in. Jesus, <laughs> so man. the thoughts yeah, of what we were swimming around that day. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, no, nasty but stuff. what I remembered was. Um, I'm not gonna obviously I'm not gonna say what we were talking about as we were about to take off on the way home, but we had sort of a, an in-depth discussion about stuff that was um the two of us had gone through the same sort of thing. I'll say it to you off camera, it's not something I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a private chat, but that's why it did that's why I'm talking about bringing you on the podcast today and talk to you about how you've handled the last year, how it's been for you, how's your mental state, how's your motivation, all that sort of stuff. So um we can get into it. The first question I always ask people that come on the, the show is, uh, how have you handled the last 12 months? What was your initial reaction and, and how are you doing right now? It's, it's been one of these things, none of us could have prepared for this. And uh, I think 
I mean, it, it's crazy to think back that it's been 12 months. It feels like it happened like three years ago, but crazily, me and David Forbes went over to uh, Taiwan two weeks before lockdown. And, and if we'd, you know, looking back, it was probably the, one of the craziest things we've ever done. But we were looking at all the stats. I was talking to Bram, my manager at the time, you know, Forbes, he was managed by Bram as well. And he was talking to the guys in Taiwan and should we do this gig? Shouldn't we do the gig? And it'd been going on for like, I think I think the booking came in like six months before lockdown and there was no chat about the virus obviously up until about I think it was December there was like talk about this thing happening in China and it was just it was starting to escalate and we were talking to the promoters every day we were talking to Bram every day should we do it should you know shouldn't we but we kind of made the decision that we were just going to go for it we'd be really careful we'd take masks with us and we did we, we wore we flew to Dubai from Glasgow we didn't wear masks on that flight, but as soon as we got to Dubai, we had masks on, did the gig, went to the club, had masks on, took them off while we were playing, masks were back on, went to the hotel, quick sleep and back home again with the masks on. And then by the time we got back, it was just like, holy shit, man, this this is really starting to grow legs. You know, that this is, this is a nasty pandemic that's happening here. So looking back, we shouldn't have gone, but we, we took the risk. And uh, from then on, when March kicked in, we obviously went straight into lockdown. And you know what? It, it didn't feel too bad in the beginning. But one thing that scared the absolute shit out of me was seeing what was happening in Italy. Do you remember Italy got yeah. hit really bad? Yeah. Now, I, I, don't, I don't watch the news faithfully, but it was all over the news at the time. And there was a... I remember it as if it was yesterday. There was just a camera walking through this hospital ward and through the corridors in Italy, and there was people completely KO'd, you know, wired up to the machines, <coughs> lying out in beds in the corridors. It was it was like something out of a horror film or, a, you know, one of these disaster movies. And that just made me realise how bad, from what I could see, this is this is potentially what is, could happen in, in Britain and Ireland. And, uh, yeah, from then on, it just got worse and worse. But one, I think one thing that helped us all, speaking for myself, was the weather. The weather was amazing. Oh, it was unbelievable. You know, it was, yeah. you know, we're, we're from Scotland and Ireland. They're not exactly known for having tropical weather systems. Um, so the weather really helped me. I was out in the garden all the time. I was laughing at, at Jock. You know, Jock's been la- like posting photographs of his, his vegetable patch and the things he's been growing. And at first I was a bit kind of biased because I was out in the garden. I've never gardened in my life, mate, but I was yeah. out cutting the grass and planting things and had all sorts of flowers and trees and things getting planted. And that really helped me through the first lockdown because I was, I was taking all the creative energy that I would have in my studio with making music and preparing for music and preparing for DJ sets, all of that creativity was just snapped. It was gone like that because of the lockdown. And I just put all my energy into the garden. And it's not exactly the coolest thing to be talking about. You know, gardens is something that you do when you're a, an old age pensioner, but that go for your head. That completely made that that completely saved me in the first lockdown with the the combination of the weather, combination of having Karen around. Karen was obviously working from home. And my wife and uh, so it didn't actually feel that bad uh, you know trying to avoid the news trying to think about how things bad could how things you know could go the, the wrong in the wrong direction just trying to forget about that and get outside going for long walks uh, Karen's mum and dad live around the corner from us in the village and they've got a little dog I know you've now got a dog as well yeah that that little dog if if she knew how much she saved us in the you know over the last 12 months it's, it's incredible dogs are incredible man 
I think she's the, the fittest dog in the in the whole of Scotland. I mean, she's got bigger calf muscles than me just now. Yeah. <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of walking she's been getting, you know. Yeah, um, so same, same for my, my dog. I think I did 137,000 steps or something last week. At the yeah, dog. it's just he's, he's, he's brilliant. I love him. Yeah. Absolutely love him. He's been such yes. an addition to the house and to the family. Yeah, and um, yeah, just just picking up on a couple of things he said there. You mentioned about the the weather in Scotland and Ireland being very similar, and I'm just thinking that this podcast is an Irishman and a Scotsman having a conversation. So uh, good luck to half the world trying to understand what we're saying. I know, I know. We should try maybe try and slow things down a bit. I think I need to invent a <laughs> subtitle for a podcast. If I come up with something like that, I could make a million yeah. out of that. But absolutely, yeah. So I mean, for, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, f- f- sorry, mate. First lockdown. It wasn't actually too bad. In seeing that, we lost a family member, sadly. Karen's uncle passed away with the, the with COVID as well. So again, that just put a whole different perspective on it because there was always that part in the back of your head thinking, is this pandemic really as bad as, it, as it's looking on TV or you know looking in the newspapers? And uh, so to have something like that happen, it, it just made it all very... Like much more real than it than it actually was. So yeah, that that was a horrible thing to go through, and the, the family had to deal with, you know, having a funeral with only a handful of family members there, and it was tough for Karen and her her, her, her auntie that lost her uncle, uh, lost her husband. So yeah, that that was that was horrendous to be honest. <clears throat> um, but you know, we got through it, and uh, I suppose that the second lockdown just didn't feel like a second lockdown because there was. The government just completely balls it up over here. They didn't shut things down the way they did in the first lockdown. You know, people were still kicking around as if there was nothing going on. All the shops were open. People were still travelling. You know, there, were, there was thousands of planes landing every day from all sorts of countries. And it was just a, a free-for-all. There was no, no, not enough restrictions in the second lockdown. <coughs> so we, it, didn't, it didn't seem as bad. We got through that one okay. But this this third lockdown, mate, I, I don't know about yourself, but I've just found it really tough. You know, I've, I've always tried to be an, an upbeat and optimistic person and I consider myself as being quite thick-skinned and I can handle anything, but this, this third lockdown, mate... Yeah, it's just absolutely the same for me. And even, even the other day, I've, um, I, got, I do my best to avoid the news and reading anything to do with COVID or anything because I'm just I'm sick of it <laughs> paying me bollocks listening to, listen to all of it at this stage but I, I, I read an, an interview with um, Leo Varadkar who is like the he's the second in command in Ireland the, sort of the Prime Minister's the second to, to Prime Minister here yeah. and he, he said something like um, I want this to be a lost year rather than a lost decade and I'm just like, fuck's sake, another year of this shit. And like, honest to God, man, after reading that, um, I honestly, I was thinking to myself, what, what's the point of this? Like, this isn't, yeah. this isn't life. This isn't living. I, I can't be arsed dealing with this. And yeah. like, it's, it's, it's so, it's, it just shows you how quickly this negativity can take over your head. Like, honest to God, like five minutes later, I forgot about it and it was fine. But yeah. in that moment, I was just like, fuck, I don't, I don't want to go through this anymore. I'm, I'm sick of this. Like, it. what is the point of this? And that's that's how I felt a lot of times over the past year and stuff. I've just, I'm so, I'm angry, man, with what's going on. And like, I understand that there's terrible things happening, people are dying and all that, but the, the people in charge have made an absolute balls of how they've handled the situation and like I'm not a conspiracy theorist I've talked about this in the last thing but I'm I'm, I'm sceptical about how this is being handled and what's the, 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 the all a lot of other stuff that's going on that I might speak about later on and I don't want to be 
uh, coming across as being rude as you, you've obviously lost someone to COVID um, close to you and I'm, I'm, I think it's real I think it's 100% real and I, I've, I've full empathy for people who have suffered from it and who've lost people from it but my anger and my scepticism is coming from how it's being handled why, why if the lockdowns aren't working right they, they, they're saying the lockdowns work they, they don't work and like you look at the rates of suicide, mental health issues, domestic abuse. I read a thing the other day about um, children in Germany. One in three of them is suffering from with a psychological issue. Yeah. A, a child. Yeah. I didn't know what anxiety was until I was about twenty six. Yeah. So I, I, why is there such an obsession with this? Why is um, why is uh, why aren't people being um, having their people are going to miss their diagnosis for cancer, a lot of other terminal illnesses. And, and if you think things are bad now with regards to mental health, the longer this goes on and the, the longer the people are locked down and they, they feel like they've no hope, they, 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 they might think there's a pandemic with a virus. Wait till you see what's going to happen with people's mental health over the next five to ten years. Because yeah. children, especially with children, like going to school, wearing masks, having the windows open because they have, they're not allowed to have the windows closed in the classroom, wearing masks, seeing the fear in their parents' eyes, it's... It's it's horrible, man. I I feel really really sorry for young people going through all of this. I feel sorry for everyone going through this, but me myself, I'm sort of proud of myself that I respect the situation, but I'm not afraid of it. I, I I've done my research and I sort of I look at other things. I looked at the sort of survival rate and stuff like that, but it's it's just a constant stream of negative, 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 doom and gloom. And I get those moments where I think to myself, what is the point? What's the point? And if I didn't have my wife, who is my, my rock and my everything in my life, if I didn't have her, I don't know what I'd do. And this is, if yeah. people who are stuck at home by themselves, it's, it's a very, very difficult time. So you really that. need to have an awareness of how you're thinking, what's going on in your life and stuff. And it's just the longer this goes on, the, the more damage it's having on people. We we need something to look forward to. And sorry for the rant there, but that's that stuff has been bottled up in me probably for a long time, and just wanted to get it out. Yeah, I mean, I've I always try and keep my posts on Facebook and my especially my artist page to music and releases and gigs and positive stuff. But you know, even a few months ago, I, I posted. I mean, I'll, I'll probably go into this later, but I, I lost one of my best friends to suicide years ago, <clears throat> you know, and, and from that moment on, I became much more aware about how I was feeling about things, you know, looking out for the warning signs with some of my mates and other people around me and my family. Just just my, my sense of awareness became a lot more heightened towards mental health and how you feel and depression. And what I did in the post was basically saying, I mean, I, I don't... I don't suffer from depression, but some days I'm depressed. Yep. I don't suffer from anxiety, but some days I'm, I get anxious. You, you know, experience it. You experience it, yeah. The, the, the quicker people realise that it's, it's okay, and I know it's been used a lo- loads, of, you know, loads of times, but the hashtag, it's okay to be okay. So what is it again? It's okay to not be okay. It's okay, it's okay to not be okay. And it's so important because as human beings, we all have these feelings and it's, it's normal to be like that. And some days you have good days, you have bad days, you have good weeks, you have bad weeks. And it's okay to be like that, but you have to be the first to stand up and say, hold on a minute, I need help here. Whether it's help from a family member, whether it's talking to your friends, whether it's opening up to somebody that you don't necessarily have to know them that well, you just have to hold your hand up and say, you know, I need help, whether it's medication or, or whatever and it, it, that it's totally fine to be to be like that to accept that 
and to talk about it, the, the worst thing you can do is bottle things up. I mean, my, my friend, he died, and it's easy for me to remember it. It was all the sevens. It was the 7th of July, 2007. And uh, he just completely shut He shut down. He shut himself off from his friends. He, he stopped coming out as much. He was a, a cracking DJ. He was a cracking footballer. All-round amazing guy. He'd a, you know, he'd a brilliant wife, beautiful house, beautiful dog, everything going for him. But back then, you just didn't have the help that you do now. People people weren't talking about mental health the way they do now. And I think it's an amazing thing to have podcasts like this and people talking about it online and people standing up and saying, I need some help here. Because back then, my mate just, he didn't have that help. And even though we were trying, I mean, to be honest, mate, I think myself and family members and his mates, we could have done more. But the thing the thing was, we didn't know he was struggling as much. He, he put such a brave face on it. You would never have, well, you could have, you might have known some days, but we had no idea to the extent that he was having these feelings about killing himself, and you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's really difficult for me to talk about it. But yeah, I just feel that I have to, I had to say something about this today because I've, I've not, I've not spoken about this to many people, and even Karen, she didn't know, know him, like she had, she'd never met him before. A lot of my mates that I have now didn't know him, um, so I don't really have that many people I can talk about. Uh, about him too. My mum and dad knew him really well and they loved him to bits as well. But, you know, if, if he could only see the devastation that he left behind, he might have reconsidered. But that it's easy for me to say that. To say that I didn't know what was going through his head. Obviously, there was that, just an imbalance in his head that was just giving him these really dark thoughts. Yeah. So looking back, it's, it's easy to beat yourself up and think, you know, I could have done so much more, but I don't know if I could. But he just completely shut down and lo- locked himself away and... He was drinking too much and really the only time I started to hear, I heard from him in the end was when he was drinking and he, he probably felt as if he could talk a bit more, but it was just, it, it was it was too far gone. And uh, so, yeah, the, the, you know, if, if people out there are, are listening to this podcast and they're thinking to themselves that that is the only way for them to deal with this, you know, you're wrong. You have to speak up. You've got to speak to family members. You've got to speak to your mates because... We're all they're all there for you, and even though you might think that you've not got friends you can speak to, then get on the phone, contact websites, find email addresses, just try and get get it out there. Because the more you talk about it, the the more you realise that there is help, and you no know, things can things can move forward, and you can get out of that train of thought and train of thinking negatively all the time. Yeah, just just coming on to that. When I was a little bit younger and a little bit more naive, I used to think that suicide and people who took their own lives was the most selfish thing that you could ever do but now that I'm a little bit older I'm a little bit <laughs> I don't know if I'm wiser but I've, I've more experience of life I understand I, I can understand how how people struggle to sort of understand what to do when they're experiencing those moments and those sort of um thought patterns and stuff and I spoke about before that the your brain is always trying to help you. It's like as as fucked up as this sounds, when your brain, when you're saying like, you're for someone who's going through that, they're just in so much pain, and they want the suffering to end, and their brain is giving them the suggestion because that's thoughts are just suggestions. They're not facts. They're not orders. They're suggestions. It's up to you, the human, to decide whether to act on them or not, and. That's giving you a suggestion of how to get out of the pain, 
So if if you if you're not aware of that it's it's so easy for someone just to say right fuck it I'm gonna I'm gonna just end this the pain will end and when when you're in that much when you're that low you're not thinking about anyone else and the effect that it will have on everyone else you're only thinking about your own pain and I know from my experiences of anxiety and stuff you you become very selfish and you just become obsessed with yourself and all you think about is your own suffering and your own. Um, pain but you you don't understand the sort of the impact that you have on other people's lives so that that thing where you can get stuck in those patterns of suicidal thoughts or or negative thoughts it's you really 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 need to be aware of that and you're talking about speaking about how it's okay to not be okay If you're not feel if you're feeling upbeat and and buzzing with life at the moment, fair play to you because you're far um you're probably in the minority there. So especially now more than ever, I think everyone is struggling in one way or another. Um it's it's a very difficult time of life and it's it's gonna be difficult for a lot of people for for a good while yet. So the the more that this is spoken about, the more it's normalized, the more that there's there's nothing wrong like wrong is the is it's, sorry I'm going to sound stupid but wrong is the wrong word yeah. to use around all this yes you have um, things that you need to work on yes there may be unresolved issues going on there may be stuff from your childhood that needs to be worked on and stuff but there's nothing wrong with you wrong is that's it's you're, it's a judgmental word it's a judgment of yourself and it's a judgment of others yes there's things you can improve there's ways you can get better but there's nothing wrong with you and it's completely normal to feel down and to feel anxious about any kinds of things going on at the moment. So as you were saying, the reason why I'm doing this podcast is I want to speak out, especially to people within our scene, with the scene we're in, because there is a huge amount of mental health issues within our scene, both from artists with creative minds who think a lot, have wild imaginations and who think mad shit, and for you people think who too think, much? yes, absolutely, I I hold my two hands up for that one. Yeah, that's 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 me in a nutshell. Lasers, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. But you, you need to remember the people. There's drugs involved in our scene, and there's no point like sugarcoating it. People who go to gigs, raves, have taken drugs, and they have a bad effect on your brain. And if you're not aware and careful and look after yourself it can take you down a very dark road. So you need yep. to be really, really careful around these things. So it's about talking, it's about communicating, it's about realising there's nothing wrong with you. There may need to be some stuff that needs to be improved, but there's nothing wrong with you. And speaking out, talking to people, it, this is going to make everything so much easier. Drop the stigma, all that sort of stuff, and hopefully it can make things a lot better moving forward. Yeah, exactly, mate. I mean, something I'd like to talk about as well is... <clears throat> My mum might kill me for talking about this if she, if she sees this video. My dad watches all my <coughs> videos and interviews and stuff, but my mum struggled really badly with depression for years and years. She she had really bad like postnatal depression after she had me, and she was in a really dark place, and she still struggles with depression now. I mean, she's almost eighty years old. But what I'd like to say is, if if you know if you know somebody that's struggling, it doesn't take much. To, to be nice to that person and offer to do something for them or send them a card or send them a nice message or pick up the phone. You know, my mum, she really, really struggles and this, this the, the lockdowns have just been really hard for her. You know, my dad's a rock to her as well. He really looks after her and stuff. But 
you know, it doesn't take much to make her happy. You know, if a phone call from me or, a, you know, last last week I sent them round like a, an afternoon tea, you know, like a little box of sandwiches and a, a pot of tea and stuff. And, you know, the the happiness that she got from that just made her day. And I, I spoke to her at night time and she just sounded like a different person. You know, so if, if you know somebody that's dealing with depression or anxiety, it doesn't take much to try and help them and talk to them, pick up the phone, do anything you can, you know. And it, I know it's sometimes difficult to work out who is dealing with depression and, and anxiety and stuff but you know if, if you do know somebody it doesn't take much to try and I know it's not a long term long term assistance but you know it does, doesn't take much to make somebody's day and it doesn't it doesn't mean it, I don't mean just people dealing with depression it can be somebody that is feeling depressed somebody that's unhappy somebody that's struggling you know it, it doesn't take much yeah exactly and the more yeah. the conversation happens the more this stuff can flow and and you're, you'll feel more connected to other people because they're going through the same thing. We're yeah. all we're all struggling. We're all going through, especially for for yourself and myself, the industry we're in. We've no idea when we're going to work again. I've gone from yeah. having a, a very successful business that given me a very comfortable life to to be on the dole, like, yeah. and I don't know when I'll work again. And the, my government in my country are giving me zero hope of when I'm going to go back to work. So, I've lost me. Jo- I lost my job. I've don't know when I'm going to ever work again. I'm worried if my career is gonna ever gonna happen again. Most of my best mates within the scene are in the same situation. They've got their own stuff going on in their own lives. The the promoters that we play for, we don't know whether they're gonna have businesses when all this starts back up. But yeah, and I, I, I can't control any of that, man. All I can do is sort of if I'm speaking to my mates is to see how they are mentally, make sure they're okay, if there's anything I can do to help them. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I've done this podcast as well is because I I I I became very sort of robotic in my approach to work I, I, I was I'm so I'm very I'm very serious about my work and I take it I take it seriously because I care and I have a passion for what I do but yeah. with this podcast I want to try and like all my posts and stuff because I, I just didn't want to get caught in this social media trap of, of trying to put things across or trying to make myself look happy and all that and what I'm hoping from this podcast is that I hope that it's it's shown a little bit of who I am, a little bit of my personality and stuff. Because I know myself, I have a good sense of humour. I'm an alright person, and I hope that that's coming across. I'm not this robotic DJ who puts up a set, releases tracks. I want to sort of connect with people a little bit more and open myself up, and just to show people that I'm we're, myself, yourself, man. We're exactly the same as everyone else. We we struggle. We've good times, we've bad times, and for for anyone out there who was wondering, oh, I wonder what it's like to be a, a DJ that travels across the world. Close your eyes and imagine it. And that's exactly what it's like. It's exactly the same as your life, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you have the same emotions, the same everything experiences. We've stuff going on in our lives. It's exactly the same as you. So that's exactly what I'm trying to do with this podcast is to, it's probably a little bit selfish I'm doing it for myself as much as I'm doing it for, for other a, people as well and a, a, I'll, a I'll counseling, counseling yeah. session yeah. for DJs mate. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to talk to you today because yeah. it's like yeah we've, we've been mates in the scene for a long time and it, it's good to talk um, <clears throat> but I mean just to, to put things into perspective as well I, I think you're the same Brian but I've not made any music for a year now I've not even I've not even been to my studio I've got no motivation to make music I've got no I don't feel creative at all um, you know and I, I've just accepted the fact I'm not I'm not going to fight it I'm not going to force it I'm not going I'm, I'm, to I would lie if I was saying I'm not going to get upset about it because yeah I'm upset about it but I'm trying 
to realise that it is what it is and I will get back down there once once things are starting to once the sun starts to come back out again I think that will help for a start but that's it's, interesting it's, that that's interesting that you, you want to go into a dark studio when the sun comes back out <laughs> but that's the drive mate it's the drive driving to the studio with the sun out that, that makes a difference that's, a, that's such a Scottish thing to say man that's like something I'd say <laughs> I'm sitting here with my Bermuda shorts on just yeah, now waiting yeah, for it yeah. Um, so yeah you know anybody who's struggling you know I know there's going to be a lot of producers listening to these podcasts that you're doing as well and if you're struggling in the studio I'm the same just just forget about it uh, you know, not your your synths and your computer, they're not going to go anywhere. They'll still be there. Your your fans and your followers, they're not going to go anywhere. My manager had to sit me down and tell me this a few weeks ago, actually. He said, Mark, he said, stop worrying about stuff. He said, you're, the people who love what you do, love the music that you do, they're not going to go anywhere. You know, t- it's a, t- consider it as being like a year off or 18 months off. Nobody's going to go anywhere. Nothing's going to change. You'll, you'll come back again with a bang. And life will carry on, and that's that's really, it really took. Stuart kind of sat me down on Skype and just gave us gave us those words, and it, it really made a difference because I thought, well, fuck it, you know, that, that's exactly what my response was. That went through in my head the other day. I was starting to think, fuck, imagine what it's going to be like when all this stuff does come back. Like, because I started thinking back to like back back at the turn of the century, there was club nights every week. Like cream, gay crasher, God's kitchen, all that sort of stuff. Now I don't think it could be to that extent, but I I honestly think, for, say for somewhere like Passion in Colville, somewhere like that, the demand for maybe uh, one show every month, two shows a month, like people haven't gone out for so long, they're gonna be buzzing, buzzing yeah, yeah, yeah. for it. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a positive thinker. I I think positive thinking's it's it's bullshit, man. That's like saying it's if there's loads of shit things going on in your life and you're saying, oh no, everything's grand. I'm a rational thinker. I like to, if a situation is shit, I'll say it's shit and I look for a way to make it better rather than saying a shit situation is is yeah. is good. You know what I mean? Or move so, it to the side until you yeah, can yeah, change yes, it. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just just. Stuff that was going through my head the other day, I was just thinking about how good it possibly could be when it comes back. But the thing is, we don't know when that is going to be, how long it's going to be, or what the situation is going to be. Because there's there's so-called experts over here telling us that this this shit could go on for five years over here. Like like that's not what people want to hear, man. And that's that's bollocks as well. That that, that this situation can go on for five years. Like that's no fucking way. I mean, it's, it, I heard a doctor saying the other day there as well, I mean, our kids, are, I don't have kids yet, but our kids, their grandkids, those the grandkids, grandkids, we're, we're dealing with COVID for the rest of our days, mate. It's, it's not going to go away. It's okay. It might become less of a, a situation unless it's not going to be like a pandemic, but it's going to be a recurring thing that's going to crop up probably every year. There's going to be small outbreaks of it and but as long as we've got the medication and the vaccines in place it's going to be less of a threat but th- this is not going anywhere so the, the quicker we all realise that the better it is something we're going to have to deal with for a long long time um, and yeah we, be... we need to learn how to live with it and to not yeah, shit exactly. ourselves and run yeah. and run away from it there has yeah. to be another way like the, the way that they're telling it at the moment it's not it's not working yeah. and like go and go and prote- protect the vulnerable people and let if you're not vulnerable like protect the vulnerable people keep them at home keep them safe vaccinate them let everyone else go back and get the economies back working yeah. there's, there's there's been a thing called the Great Barrington Declaration which was a report done by 15,000 scientists and 
um, scientists and doctors with alternative ways of how of how to handle this situation and without having people locked down and Google basically block it from from anyone seeing it. It's not mentioned in the news. It's not mentioned anywhere. Any, it's like there's there's so many things that have been got. There's a thing going on called the Great Reset. I don't know whether you've heard about it. The World Economic Economic Forum, and there was a th- there was a thing at the the end of last year called the Event Two Hundred One, and it was hosted by the World Economic Forum, who are using this term "build back better." So they're they're trying to. They're using COVID as an opportunity to change things. So one of their taglines is in in a few years, you'll own nothing and you'll be happier than, than you've ever been. Yeah. The World Economic Forum are pushing this this great reset, this um, all this type of stuff. And I, I'm just wondering what is going on here? Is there so like, I not, as they said, once again, COVID is real. I know that. I know people who have got it. I know people you've had a full time an experience of it as well. But what is going on? There's, I've said it from the start. It feels to me like there's something else going on here. That that they're happy to keep going in and out of these lockdowns. Is there no alternative? Do we not have enough brilliant minds out there to come up with a solution to how to handle this differently? I know, mate. And it's it's kind of going back to what you said. Like, I, I suppose it's, it's it's difficult for me. I've I've you probably don't know this, but I've actually got really bad asthma. Yeah, which I is know. Controlled. I understand that. Look, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you. No, again. no, no, my, no, my, no. My my mother is the same. She has she's on medication and suppresses her immune system, and she's yeah. terrified as well. And I, I'm not downplaying it. I'm I'm just no, you know, not there, There's always another way of doing anything. That's I, yeah. I, I, this is just a. It doesn't see that what they're doing at the moment isn't working. It's it's not. It, yeah. We can't put all other health to the side because of of COVID. You know, like. There's a survival rate of 98.2% in Ireland. Like 4.2% of the country have got it here. Yeah. So like, yeah. it, there I mean, has to be another way. What I was going to say was the government, as far as I'm concerned, did, did things the wrong way around here. We should have been getting the, the vulnerable protected, shielding at home, give the vaccinations to the to the young team, you know, get them out working again, get yeah, the economy moving absolutely. again. It's going to get rid of so much, you know, mental health issues. People can go back to the gym, get fit again, get the whole thing moving and keep... I mean, I don't like tagging myself as being vulnerable, but yeah, I'm vulnerable because if, if I get this virus, I could be really screwed and not just in the moment, but lot, I could end up with long-term COVID. It could affect my career. I could end up not being able to get on a plane again. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fucking terrified, to be honest. But they've done things the wrong way. My mum and dad got their vaccine last weekend and I was so... It took a massive weight off my mind to get the elderly safe, people with health health conditions, keep them at home, keep them shielding, and let's get the whole economy moving again. That to me, that was like a no-brainer. But no, they've they've, they've done it completely around the opposite way over here. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they ever release the information of how many people die after taking the vaccine as well. Like we yeah. we hear about the people who are dying before they take. Are they going to release that information? Like the government only release whatever information is relevant and which whatever information is going to support their current mode of, um, whatever they're enacting in their countries or whatever. So let's see if yeah. that happens. I don't know. As I, I'm not, I'm not anti anything. I'm not. I'm not pro anything. I'm just. I like to take a look at things and make my own mind up, you know. Yeah, you've got to look into things. You can't just re- believe everything you're seeing in the news and the paper and stuff. You've got to look into things yourself and 
do some proper research, not go to YouTube and look up the latest conspiracy theorist and all that. Kind of, I know you don't like that word. I think it was you and Andy said you critical like tinker, critical tinker. <laughs> you know, but yeah, there's, there's always there's always more than, than meets the eye, but you know, yes, I suppose time will tell. Indeed, it will, and like I obviously look. Maybe if I had more of a a personal experience with someone who has who has suffered with it pro- like properly or died from it, I'd have a completely different way of looking at it. But but I don't. So the only way I can I can see a situation is from how I view it at this moment in time. And obviously for yourself, you've a you probably have an underlying condition there, which obviously makes it difficult for you as well. So I, I completely yeah. understand that, and I'm I, I don't, I'm not I hope I'm not insulting people with, no. with what I'm saying here. I, I'm just I'm being honest. I'm I'm just saying. Can there be another way of handling all this? That that yeah. that's all I'm saying, man. I mean, I I got another kick in the balls this morning. I woke up to find um, that basically the government have decided to kind of back do a U-turn on who gets the vaccine. As far as people with asthma go, you know, I've I take pretty strong medication for it, and now they're saying that I, I was meant to be getting the vaccine along with sixty-five year olds and above, but now they've done a complete U-turn and they're basically saying. People, it's only people with asthma that have to use like nebulizers and all the all the apparatus and stuff. So basically, I've been, I've had this little glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel for the last well, probably since the second lockdown. We could see the vaccine was been worked on. All of a sudden, the vaccine was announced, and since then, I've been like, you know, amazing. I'm going to get this vaccine. I'm going to be able to get feel safe again. I'm going to be able to start venturing back out more. It's going to help my occupation my career you know guys like yourself you can as soon as it's okay for you to travel again you can potentially do that as long as you don't have to obviously self-isolate when you arrive in a different country but i don't i don't have that luxury i, I, I there's no way i'm i'm not risking my life and i might sound like a a bit of a drama queen for thinking that way but i'm not risking my life and gonna jump on a plane and go to the first gig the first promoter that books me just because I can, I, I need to have the vaccine, you know, and that it's really been a major kick in the balls this morning to wake up and find out that's what the government have done to us, keeping us going for months, thinking that there was light at the end of the tunnel and now they've just like snubbed it out. Yeah, you know? 2021 was supposed to be a brand new beginning and it's been worse yeah. than 2020 so far. It's yeah, been terrible. So, yeah, I mean, Christmas was, I don't know how you felt over Christmas time, but that was a horrendous time for me. I, I've really struggled with it and yeah I'm, I'm the first to admit it I've been feeling depressed I've been feeling anxious there's been times where I've been out out walking with Karen or going to like I try and limit it like going out for shopping and stuff we get most of our shopping online and get deliveries but even going out to the shops now I'm starting to feel anxious I get that kind of feeling in my chest that I can't I can't get it's not it's not like a physical thing it's definitely in my brain that's telling me I'm it's as if I'm not able to get enough oxygen into my chest into my lungs it's like a panic attack now. Yeah, yeah, I'm not like short of breath. I'm not wheezing like I would normally do if I didn't take my asthma medication. I do get wheezy like if I was to go out on my, a, a bike in a, a really cold day. Once that cold air gets into my chest, it, I really struggle to breathe. Um, but do you think it yeah, could be just, from being inside too much? Yeah, well, I'd, I, I go out. I, I'm not going to say every day. I, I go out every second day with Karen. I go out, go for walks with Rosie, Karen's mum and dad's dog, and we do get out into the countryside. I'm lucky, like, I basically take a step outside their driveway and I'm on a country road that just goes for, like, you know, five miles down through the fields and we, you can go through the woods and cut back up through the village. And it's a brilliant walk. 
and without without sounding like a hippie as well, you know that smell of the countryside. That that's it's biologically good for you. It's, Absolutely, it's, it's proven that it's good for you. There's little the chemicals, the the natural biological chemicals and stuff that get into your blood system and your lungs. It, it just makes you feel great, you know. And I can't. I actually did a a post on this a while ago on Facebook as well, just telling people if you're physically able to get outside, just go for a walk. Leave, put your phone down. Leave your computer. Get out. Walk up a hill. Walk. Through the woods, don't wear a mask if you're around now. Exactly, like, get that it's, air yeah. into you. Exactly, mate. It's one of the one of the best bits of advice I can give to anybody. The the worst thing you can do is sit indoors and fester. You know, if if you're physically able, and you can get up on your legs, get outside, and it, it just makes a, a massive difference. Um, I mean, we're, we're lucky as well. We live right on the west coast of Scotland. We've got Presswick Beach, we've got Air Beach, we've got Trun, Irvine. You know, we've got all these beautiful. Well, not, 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 I mean, I say they're beautiful, but they're, they're nice. They're nice when the sun comes out. <laughs> They'd be beautiful to Americans or something. It's the same here, man. The stuff, obviously, because you're not living, you're, you never appreciate your own country more than other people would. It probably yeah. is beautiful. You just don't think it is. But yeah, uh, yeah. like yeah. Uh, the, the main thing I'm doing most of the time now is just out walking. I'm so, yeah. the same. I can't go, like, we're not allowed to go five kilometers from our house unless it's for an essential reason. Unless you yeah, we're the same. Yeah. So, it's this, I've been doing the same walk every single day for the last I'm seeing the same people I'm sick of seeing them I'm sure they're sick of seeing me you know? it's just the same thing over it's a fucking groundhog day over and over again it, it's, it, it tries on you it, it gets um, you just get sick of it and it was just I was just talking about over Christmas I was actually okay over Christmas and now to be honest with you I don't like Christmas I, I, I don't enjoy Christmas I don't know whether it, because it reminds me of when my dad was sick and it just brings back memories of that. Could be to do with that. Um, but I, I don't know. I just sort of feel sort of down and depressed around Christmas. But I felt actually okay this year because the gyms were open. And I could go to the gym every day. And me, myself and Edel were going. And I had to take a bit of time off um, for a couple of months from going to the gym from September to October. But when the, when a funny story here. When I was taking the time off, the day that I was able to go back, level five kicked in and the gyms closed. So then they opened up again in December and I was able to go again and I was feeling my strength coming back. I was enjoying it just to get out of the house for an hour, one hour, one hour a day, go up there. and so, so to, Because I have a little set up here with like a bench and some dumbbells and stuff, but it's it's not, I want to get in there and do proper leg workouts and I was enjoying like really pushing my legs and that, that feeling and the, the Irish government had promised that the gyms were going to stay open so, because they knew it was important for people's mental health, but then the cases started going out of control, and all that sort of stuff. So everything was closed, and that that floored me. It really did. I, I honestly felt like I don't care what they do; they can do whatever they want as long as they keep the gyms open because it's so important for my physical and mental health. And I've really been struggling with that as well. I mean, we've always anytime we catch up, you know, we always ask each other, "You've been training much? You've been training much?" and I've not I've not been training and I was really unlucky because I think it was uh, December <laughs> my head's like completely up my ass with all the, all the dates I think it was December 2018 no sorry December 2019 I got like a herniated disc in my neck and my back and my neck and my shoulders my arm my hand it was like shooting pains for like it, it was like three months of really, really a lot of pain, hardcore painkillers, and I, luckily I was still DJing. I, I can remember like 
after I saw you at Dream State, I think the, the two gigs I had after that was Taiwan that I told you about with Forbesy and then David Forbes. And then the week after that, I was in Montreal playing at uh, TransUnity and I, I was on Hardcore Painkillers and there's a video of me doing a quick interview with Rami and the guys and I just looked like shit because I was in so much pain and you could see in my face, I just looked hellish because of the, the, the painkillers that I was on. So basically, long story short, I went from having that herniated disc straight into lockdown just as things were starting to get better, just as I thought I'll be able to get back into gym, then bang, into lockdown. I've, I've not been at the gym for about maybe like 16 months, 17 months now. And it's, yeah, it's 17 months and it's it's really brutal. You know, I've always kind of struggled with back pain over the last 10 years just because of sitting so long. You know, we lead very sedentary lifestyles, sitting down at the computers all the time, sitting in planes for long periods of time you know, sitting in the studio for long periods of time. So the gym is like my release. It helps my mental health. It helps my physical health. I'm getting a bit older. You know, I'm 46 now. Your metabolism starts to slow down. And the gym has always helped me. I've, you know, before before I had that neck issue and before lockdown, like I, I was going to the gym at least on average four days a week. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, you. You were in yeah. really great shape, yeah. Thanks, and the same as yourself as well. And, you know, but in any time I had a weekend off from gigging, I was in the gym with Karen Saturday and Sunday as well. And I, it just gives you that buzz. It gives you that feeling of strength and, and clarity. And, the endorphins. Yeah, exactly. Just to get everything firing in, yeah. in the right places. Um, so to have that taken away, to have your studio taken away, to have gigs taken away, to have that kind of social life where you're going out with mates, you're going out with Karen, going out to gigs, hugging people, it's just, it's bizarre, man. I think the best way I can describe it is you're running towards a cliff face at 100 miles an hour and then you just stop and you're like on the edge going, whoa, you know, mm. it's about to fall off. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I know it's been tough for everybody, but it's just, yeah, difficult times, man. I just, yeah. I hope we can get some kind of normality this year, but I'm, I don't think it's going to be until about autumn. I can't really see anything happening this summertime, to be honest. I don't know. You don't. We just don't know. But yeah, yeah, as you're talking about, it's it's so important to take care of your mind and your body and going to the gym and being physically healthy and t- t- taking care and watching what you eat and stuff. And the thing I've noticed over the last year, man, every ad seems to be an ad about food and yeah. eating shite and just eat and delivery. <laughs> and, all right, let's make people fatter and fatter and make them. Yeah. It's, this, I'm, it's I'm one a, of those people. <laughs> I've put on ten kilos since the last time I saw you. Jeez, man, you wouldn't wear. My, my belly's hidden, man. It's, it's going to stay hidden. Okay. But like, it's such a weird thing. Like, people have never been sort of more health conscious and stuff. But it's if to me, it, it seems like there's never been so many more ads about eating junk and not yeah. looking after yourself. It's it's such a weird time. But like, the, uh, I think back to say eleven. 12 years ago and like I didn't take care of myself I was I think I, I went up to about 97 kilos at one stage man and it wasn't until my mate told me that I was a fat bastard that it was the best <laughs> thing man that anyone has ever said to me because it, it literally changed my life I changed everything I think I lost about 10 kilos in about 4 months I, I looked like a completely different person within yeah. 3 or 4 months and I've kept that going over the past year or sorry, the past year the past 10, 11 years so a fitness regime and going to the gym and looking after myself it, it's become a lifestyle for me whereas I had a completely different lifestyle back then I was yeah. drinking way too much staying up two or three days all that carry on that you do when you're 20 so I've got all that out of my system 
and as I get older and that I start to have a far bigger appreciation of my mind and my body how to look after myself you just learn you, you pick things in, pick things up and yeah. I remember um, in 2013 we went over for the opening of cream in Amnesia and Adam Ellis was there I was only after meeting him we were, we were out after being at Cream down, I don't know whether you've been to the Cove in San Antonio, I don't know whether you've been there. People who are listening will know what it is. And uh, he was talking to me and he goes, so, uh, Brian, what, when, when, you were, when you were my age, what were you? And I just said, obese. And <laughs> <laughs> I just said, man, just start, start looking after yourself. I didn't look after myself. Um, it wasn't until I started looking after myself that sort of things changed and... It's catchy, is that what you mean? It does, man, it does. But, like, I, th- I, I don't know. I look back on photos of when I started going out with you, Dan, and I'm like, what What were you thinking going out with me? Like, this was oh. this was after I was at my heaviest now, to be honest. But <laughs> I think I've actually got better, sort of, I don't know, my face has matured or something. I don't know. I've got better looking or something. I don't know. Like a, f- uh, like a fine wine, mate. Like a yeah, fine yeah, wine. yeah. Wine, wine carny. <laughs> 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 but I think you know it's like yeah, fitness is so important, and I think for guys like ourselves who live on airplanes and you're dealing with jet lag, I, I honestly believe. Well, I know for a fact that I can handle jet lag at least fifty percent better by keeping fit. You know, if I've been at the gym and I've had a good week in the gym and I get on a plane and I get to the gig, get to the country that I'm playing in, I can go to sleep, get a couple hours kip, I can wake up and I'm I'm ready to fight. You know, and it's it's so important. I I can't I can't deal with gigging and travelling and keep up with younger guys like yourself you know if, if and younger guys than you as well I know you're I think you're 7 or 8 years younger than me 38 so, man yeah I'm not, I'm, I'm not I'm, that fucking young <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah, yeah you have to you've got to keep fit and yeah just for your own for your own mentality and uh, for fitness and looking after your heart and stuff it's so important how has your sleep been over the past year not that great to be honest mate I'm uh, you know, I've, I've tried to. I've always taken my job. I know I'm like you. I take my job very seriously. I've always treated it as like a a day job. I'll get up at eight o'clock. I'll do some emails until nine o'clock. I'll go to the studio. I'll work until lunchtime. I'll have my lunch. Back in back into making music for the afternoon. Finish up at six. Go to the gym for an hour hour and a half. Come home. Get my dinner. And I just try and switch off. But because I've not really had the same kind of structure, I'm I'm really lucky that I've had my, my mastering service has still been really busy I'm at home working I've got my, my setup in front of me here I've still been able to earn money from that I've still been speaking to my clients every day so it's gave us a it's gave us some kind of purpose some kind of reason to get up and do work and um, I've also been I've also been going through my whole vinyl collection as well I've gone through like I've got a, a t- well I had 10,000 records so I've gone through all of those I've sold off about two and a half three thousand and that's gave us something to do as well I'm, I'm preparing for some really good like vinyl sets in the future and that's gave us something really to, to focus on but as far as sleep goes I'm, I'm waking up like 3 o'clock I'll wake up for half an hour I'll try and get back to sleep then I'll, I'll sleep for another 90 minutes and then I'll wake up again I've got one eye open and then back to sleep so it's all, all kind of broken just now you know I, I try I'm usually like in bed we, we try and go to bed at like 10 o'clock and we'll watch a film or watch something on Netflix and just kind of naturally drift off when you're feeling tired and that, that always works for me. I don't have any issues with getting to sleep, but it's once I'm asleep, trying to stay trying to stay asleep through until eight o'clock in the morning has definitely been a lot more difficult through lockdown. And I think a big part of that is because of the fitness thing as well. You know, when you go to the gym and you're, you're tiring yourself out, your body's automatically tired when you come out and it's it's ready to, 
ready to go to sleep as soon as you, as soon as your head hits the pillow, you know. But to, to to have all that taken away, it's you feel as if you're kind of free falling a lot of the time. Yeah, I I've had bel- I had a bout of insomnia last year as well. There were certain weeks where I'd, I'd I'd fall asleep and then I wake up at two o'clock in the morning, and I swear to God I could have ran a marathon. I was that yeah. awake, yeah. and that was happening a good bit. And another thing that was happening to me last year was I was clenching my teeth in my sleep and I had to get get, get a, the Invisalign, the, the Smile Direct Club uh, aligners yeah. to, to sort out my teeth at the bottom because I don't know what I was doing. I, it must have been because I'm stressed or something like that. I don't know, but my teeth are, were all over the place. They're yeah. a little bit better now, thankfully. But um, one thing that I started taking last year was CBD. I don't know whether okay. it's something that you've ever taken and no. to be perfectly honest, it's been a re- it's, it's been a revelation for me, for my, my mind and for ev- for everything to do with that. Yep. Um, I, I, I had tried sort of different oils and CBD oils and stuff before, but it, it, it didn't work. I wasn't getting the dosage correct, but I discovered the, these capsules that I started taking and it, t- it took a while, it took maybe a month and you had to sort of at the beginning, initial the initial stage of it, they can make you feel a little bit anxious and stuff. Yeah. But you have to just sort of power through that. So I just took one a day and then say after maybe six weeks, I increased it to two. And at the moment, and for the last six, seven months, I've been taking three a day. But what they've done for me is um, I used to get like, something come up in my head and then I'd obsess about it for like all day long. It could be could be anything a, a ridiculous irrational fear of, of anything and I couldn't yeah. get rid of it and now these they still do come up but they go okay. they go up like five minutes later I go jeez I'm forgetting about that <laughs> lovely nice one fair play to you and I, I, like I don't know some people might say CBD is a placebo some people swear by it some people like it's it's used for like epilepsy it's used for all I know is it's worked for me and from with regards to my health and stuff, I go by what has worked for me. So I don't know whether CBD might uh, help your sleep, but uh, another thing that I take, and my, my current um, my current uh, supplement nutrients or supplements that I would take before bed, I take one CBD and I take uh, three ZMAs, which is zinc, zinc magnesium, which uh, which are really, really good for your sleep as well. They, they promote a more restful sleep where you stay asleep for longer. So the, the problem you were having was you were, you're awake, you're, you're falling asleep, no problem, but then you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning and I don't know what it is about that time in the morning, man. The yeah. stuff that goes through your head is ridiculous. Absolutely. Madness, the stuff that goes through your head at three o'clock in the morning. I know, mate. And one, one thing I've noticed is as well, I'd, I've never been one for biting my nails and it's probably a good thing considering there's a pandemic going on where you have to clean your hands so yeah, much, but yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I find them pick, Picking the side of my fingers a lot, like I, I'll be lying in bed and Karen's like, "Will you shut the fuck up?" And I'm like, "What? What? 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 Like, Stop picking your nails!" And I, I, I don't realise I'm doing it, and it, yeah. it's it's definitely anxiety, mate. There's there's no other there's no other reason for it. It's definitely the feeling of une- that uneasy feeling. None of us know when this is going to go back to normal. Are we going to have any? Especially for guys like us, are there going to be any nightclubs open when things go back to normal? Are there still going to be venues open? You know, are we are we going to have any kind of normality this year? There's just it's like juggling all these balls and then just throwing them up in the air, and you're wondering when the fuck they're going to come back down again. That that's exactly what it feels like. You've got your fitness, you've got your gigs, you've got lifestyle, you've got everything in your hands, and you're trying to juggle them all, and you just don't know what's what's going to happen. Have you ever tried melatonin? 
I have, mate. I, I tried it once because um, it was just purely to deal with jet lag, and it, it didn't it didn't work with didn't agree with me at all. I don't know whether it was the wrong kind of what, but I've, I I'm actually not too bad, mate. I, I can sleep anywhere. A few. Point at a park bench. I can go. I'll be asleep within five or ten minutes. I don't have any issues with falling asleep. I don't have any issues with falling asleep in hotels. You know, going to countries that I've never been before. Sleeping on flights, no issues at all. But just in the last year, because of what's going on, I just find them. I find if I if I hear a pin drop, I can. I'll just wake up at it. You know, it's just the level. If this, if this is my normal sleeping level of deep sleep, I'm probably like only getting about halfway down, and I just anything can. Make me stir and wake up. Well, I'd suggest to maybe give the zinc magnesium tablets a try. They they, yeah, could, okay. they could help because they they there's sort of designed to improve your quality of sleep and to help you stay asleep for longer. And what I take is before I go asleep at about nine o'clock at night, I take uh, one CBD and three ZMAs, and then roughly a half an hour to forty five minutes before I go asleep, I take a low dose of melatonin. Okay. And look. Anything could happen. <laughs> I could be doing. Someone could tell me I'm doing it completely wrong. But as as all I'm saying is, it works for me. It's, it's yeah. a, my sleep is pretty good. Like I check every morning on the Fitbit. I usually have a sleep score around 80, 81, which for for someone who who thinks a lot and has an active mind, I think is pretty good. So I'm happy with it, and I'll keep I'll keep it going. Um, yeah. I, I could, I could, I, I would recommend it. Maybe giving it a go to see if it can sort of improve your your sleep and stuff. Or anyone out there who who yeah. struggles with sleep, because uh, another thing is being on your phone. It, it really affects your sleep, especially if you're on your phone just before you're you're about to fall asleep. So nine o'clock at night, my phone. I don't go near it. I just yeah. leave it. It's gone. Well, that's. I'd love to say that I do that as well, but unfortunately I've got guys in Australia, clients that are just waking up with mastering jobs and stuff, yeah. and even though I'm trying not to get back to them, it's difficult with working with the time zones as well, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult. But yeah, I do, I definitely do set my phone to the side and I try and ignore it as much as I can and I'll get my head into like a documentary or some film or something with Karen and just try and switch off. And, you know, as I said before, I do treat it as a, I try and treat this as much of a normal job as I can and I think that's, a really good bit of advice as well for guys like ourselves that are making music and stuff. Even if you've got an amazing idea at night time, just try and shelve it, try and get to your bed and do it the next day because your ears get fatigued as well, your ears get tired, your brain starts to work in a different way at night time. So just, I really recommend that you don't do long days in the studio. Try and finish up at a decent time, get a, a good night's sleep and I can guarantee you, you'll, you'll be a lot more creative and productive the next day. Not not just for making music, any, any career, any kind of work you're doing, just try and get a good night's sleep and try and do normal hours. I mean, I, I can remember, you know, probably around about 2004, 2005, when I was starting to get really tired of the pressure we were under with Public Domain, when I was in the band, Public Domain, and I was wanting to start a solo career. I was staying up till like three, four o'clock in the morning, even even doing a whole night shift and working till like six seven o'clock in the morning just to get a remix finished, and then then trying to go to bed and it, you just end up in a vicious cycle because you're getting a really shit sleep, you're having a, a shit day and you just end up in a complete mess. And Man, the, the it's best, like, it's like trying go trying to go to sleep after you play a set. It exactly, should a, it should be an Olympic sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, it's intense. Yeah. Oh and my the, god. Yeah, the best thing I ever did was just to try and calm things down a bit. Try and schedule my day and treat it like a normal ninety-five or ninety-six in my case. It just makes a, a massive difference to your mental health and your actual output in the studio. The quality of your music 
the you know just it improves everything. But I can understand, you know, I was I was hungry for something when I was a lot younger, hungry to make my solo career. And I can looking back, I, I know exactly why I did it. And don't get don't get me wrong, it did get me on the ladder to start my solo career. But the production, my production wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't that great back then, and it made us such a a massive difference. I think it was around about two thousand and ten when I actually sat down and just decided, right, I need to slow things down and really focus on things more and make make it more of a like a real job. Try and screw the nut, as we say in Scotland. <laughs> do, do you miss the days of um, public domain? I, I, I do, mate. I, I, I miss, yeah, I miss the feeling of being in a band. You know, sometimes some of the, the tours we've had back in the day were just incredible. But at the same time, I can also understand why a lot of people go off the rails when they're doing as much touring as that. Because oh man, <laughs> you know, it could have, it could kill it could have killed anyone. Obviously, you know what was going on back then. It was just absolutely nuts. One of the one of the most crazy, terrifying, unbelievable periods of my life was was being in the band. Um, but it's I, I not Lee's fault. No, was, um, we're, all, we're all guilty, mate. We're all guilty. <laughs> it's just a crazy time, um, but yeah, we could only have kept that going for so many years. There's, there's no way we could have kept that up because it was just absolutely mental. He's um, a mad bastard, man. Yeah, he, he is, mate. He is. I, I, you know, it's, it's good to have. I've, I, I'm lucky, mate. I've, I've got a big group of school friends that I keep in touch with. We've got our WhatsApp groups. I've got a second big group of mates that I used to go clubbing with back in the day, and I'm. I'm Equally as close to all of them, but it's good to have mates like Malorca and Davy Forbes and you know, even you know, guys like yourself, guys that are going through this with us. One of the best things we can all do is is talk to each other, you know, and talking to yourself. Hopefully, you get something out of talking to me today, and it's so good to have people that are on going through exactly what you're going through as far as DJing and making music and you know going through all the same stuff that we are going through mentally just now because. I know it's tough for everybody, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's tough, tough for us guys as well, having to readjust and deal with. I mean, I, I've been doing this for twenty five years, mate, and I know you're not that far behind me. You know, to to have to do this for such a to invest so much time and passion into something for twenty five years. I've you know I've I've gigged almost every weekend for that length of time. I've done so many days and hours and weeks and months in the studio and built up a career, built up the record label, built up record labels everything that I've done and then just bang it's just all stopped yeah and we've, done it, we've done it all ourselves which makes yeah, it even harder yeah man, it's nuts and I know I'm not I don't want to sound horrible when I say this to people that have lost people to COVID including myself including Karen's family but I, I honestly think as the human race we kind of deserve this mate because we're just we've we're like, we're like locusts on this planet we've just uh, uh, used we've used and abused it as much as we possibly can and if, if we don't have a wake up call from this and start to treat the planet a lot better, then we are. This is there's going to be another pandemic tomorrow if, if we keep on doing this. It's just. I'm sure it's, it's going to go on for five years. You don't need another one tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, See, there's like a there's a new Ebola. There's an Ebola breakout oh, just now as well. It's just I know it's. Yeah. Sorry. Only, to put, actually, to put speaking a of, speaking about Ebola, there I was only watching. Uh, I started watching Jack Ryan on uh, Amazon Prime. Mm. And that's the that Ebola virus thing was on it. They they tried to infect the American president. Maybe that's what's coming up next in the world. Let's see. <laughs> I know it. Yeah, but we'll get we'll get through it, bud. We'll get through it. Did you see the film Contagion? I did. Made yeah. the mistake of watching that a few yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> back we watched it back in the naive phase back in last March, and yeah. it, 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 strange it was, how it, yeah. strange how it all 
nearly all of it came true. But yeah, I think it was actually a month. I think it was April. It was uh, Forbesy. David Forbes told me to watch it, and I yeah made the mistake of watching it, and I was like. Why am I putting myself through this just now? <laughs> I know, I was, I was all in. I was all in and all that stuff at the start. I think everyone was all in it together, but the longer this thing has gone on, they're, they're spreading this message that we're all in this together. No, we're not. No, we're not. The people who have, who have businesses and are destroyed have no hope of ever working again, they're not with you. If you were, on, if you were put on um, government support and had your business taken away from you, you see how long you'd like this situation to carry on. All these people in charge, all these high flyers, they're making more money now than they've ever been and the rich are getting richer and the, the rest of us are fucked. So there's, there's, the class divide is going to go like that. Massive divide, mate. Massive. It's getting, it, was, it was getting out of control even before the pandemic. The divide between the rich and the poor, especially in the UK as well, in Ireland, it's just it's out of control and now it's just going to be even worse when things, you know, th- we're not going to, I don't think we're ha- going to have a, a a normal again, you know, I think this is going to, as you say, it's going to affect us for a long, long time, but without dwelling on things too much, we just have to pick ourselves up and deal with it, take it day by day and, you know, we'll, we'll get there, we'll all get through it. How's your anger issues? Uh, it wouldn't I, I, strike I, me as someone who was an angry person. I, I don't, no, I, I don't, I don't, I feel, my, my number one emotion is frustration, mate. I feel so fucking frustrated at the whole thing. I feel frustrated at the government. I feel frustrated at the situation we're in. I feel there's frustrated. A bit of ang- there's a little bit of anger in there. All right, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. Yeah, yeah. Let me smash something up here. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I am, I'm, I'm more frustrated than angry, but yeah, of course, I, I do feel angry sometimes, Um, but it's not like I'm going around the house smashing things up or, you know, taking, taking the... Uh, power tantrums and stuff um, but, I, I, but yeah I'd be lying if I said I, I don't get days where I do feel angry but yeah it's, it's I've been like that as well it's like just just moments like just even last year just just feeling like this is never going to end like, I think I went out the back and I just got a bottle of water and just fucked it against the wall because I'm just so pissed off at everything and we were in a shop and I was queuing up for the deli counter to get a sandwich and there was this lad in front of me and like it was there was no masks or anything back then, and he was sort of standing there, and he sort of got he was so, he, I thought he was sort of saying to me that I was too close to him, and but all he was actually doing was oh there's another queue there that you can use, and I fucking snapped at him, and I was <laughs> I I, I, t- I proper took the head off and was there like I'm not in the fucking queue, I'm on this side, mind your own fucking business, and then like Dell was with me, she's going what are you doing, what's wrong, what's doing that for, he's only trying to help you. Angry I, felt te- <laughs> I felt terrible, man, and like I honestly felt I, I almost ran up the road and apologised to him because I was completely out of order. Yeah, so a character for you, mate. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like that at all. Like, but it, it just shows you how this whole situation is affecting me. It is affecting me, you know. Like, even walking around, I'm nearly hoping that someone says something to me that I can say something back to them. Just to just to vent some anger. Yeah, through, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I'm not I'm, like that. I'm not like that yeah. at all. Don't get me wrong, mate. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and lie. That this this has brought me to tears a few times. You know, I've I've been sitting, just watching a film or watching something, and it's just triggered something. And I, I'm I'm definitely a lot more emotional than I'd, I'd normally be. You know, I don't normally cry at stuff. You know, but I've definitely been in tears a few times. Not not like floods of tears, but just you know. It's one of the best things you can do is having yeah. a good cry, man. It releases so many uh, pe- sort of tension in your body and all this. It's it's really good for you. I cry a couple of times a week. 
It's, it's good for you. It's like, it's like a fucking, it's a workout for your mind and your emotions, man. Yeah, I suppose you're right. You know what? I'm not going to be a tough guy, but yeah. It's, uh, That's the thing, man. We were, oh, you can't do that, lads. Don't cry. Fuck off, will you? Bullshit, bullshit, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Alpha male bollocks. That's what that yeah. is. I nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so but that's what? that's how I felt. I, I have been fairly angry over the past year. I'm frust- angry, frustrated. Just I'm, I'm angry with life. I'm angry with everything. I'm angry with things that happened to me, and just it, it can get on top of you. Have you? I, I, I'm I'm gathering from what I've heard you discussing with the guys in the, the previous podcast. Have you been able to do? You've not been able to make any music either. You've just been keeping away from it, or have you I, been dabbling? I have. I, I come into my studio and I twiddle away in a few things, but I'm not changing the world. You know what I mean? There's there's a few things that are all right, and I have a couple of vocal tracks sitting there that I'm not going to waste them by playing them. And if I've other projects that I want to work on, but I, I just I don't. What is the point? Like, where am I? I'm gonna go downstairs and play it in my kitchen, where I can just upload it and everyone has it, and there's no connection bet- of the track between people from playing at an event. Like, I was probably fairly a bit lazy last year with, with what I was making. It was it was a lot of bootlegs and stuff, but I think people are very, are feeling very nostalgic now. So I'm sort of mirroring how I'm feeling with how they're feeling. Like the the things that I'm doing, I'm sort of just doing a lot of uh, sets and streams with stuff from old tracks and. People, people seem to be enjoying them because it's reminding them of a time when things were exactly, a lot man. easier. You I was know? just gonna say that. <clears throat> just gonna say that. And for me, like, I've, I'm the same as yourself. Although I haven't done weekly streams, but I've I've done. I did a few streams during the first and second lockdowns, and yeah, I was laughing when you said about you know you can only get so excited when you're standing in your kitchen, and I'm the exact same. I'm I'm standing in my office facing a wall. Go, go like this pretending there's people in front of yeah, me pretending stuff, you know? you're enjoying it yeah the hu- the highlight of one of mine is when my cat opens the door and walks in and just <laughs> jumps up behind me that's the, that's my being my crowd yeah. for the year you know but, do, but don't get me wrong when you see the interaction on Facebook and people commenting and twitching st- stuff it, it was amazing enough to wake up the next morning from that feeling I mean I, I was having like uh, my drinking mojitos with Karen Karen was sitting on my computer you know, following all the messages and stuff, following the comments, making sure everything was going live and I was in the decks and we're drinking mojitos and see to, see to wake up the next morning and feel a little bit hungover and that feeling of having the, the slight, like not ringing in your ears, but just that yeah, buzz yeah, of having, yeah. a, having a, good, a good feeling. Exactly, yeah. having having the, the feeling of purpose and that you've done something constructive. So having the lot, and I'm I'm definitely going to do some more lockdown mixes. I'm actually trying to clear the office of vinyl just now so that I can do some more. I might might actually do one this weekend or next weekend. But even just going through my vinyl collection, I've got so many amazing memories of gigs, festivals, clubs back in the day when I'd first started out, and I'm reminiscing every day. And I'm I'm basically. I don't know. I know you don't spend a lot of time on social media, but every day on Instagram and Facebook, I'm posting a photograph of a record, whether it's an old rave record or a trance record or a you know techno or old school, whatever, and just saying, look at this, guys, you know, do you remember this one? And I think it's actually helping a lot of people because I'm getting like a lot of messages and comments on Facebook and Instagram, people saying, oh, I remember this track, I was I was at this club when I heard this track or I saw this DJ play that track, and it's just reminiscing, it's exactly what you're saying, it's just reminding people of the good times and the fact that we will get these good times back. You know, we're, we're, we're all going to bend over backwards to make sure that we're back out DJing again and just trying to give people entertainment and 
hearing good music again. That, that's what it's all about. That's that's what we've done for so long. It just shows you the power of music as well. Yeah, exactly, mate. It's, it's, it's helping people get through this. And yeah. You think about the people that you've met all over the world, the countries you've travelled to, the unifying thing between you all has been music. Yeah. It's it's incredible, the power of the music. Like, I even the other day... I heard a song on um, Spotify and I nearly had to sit down because I haven't heard it. Was, it's literally just a song with a vocal and a piano, but I haven't heard a song that is. I don't want to give the, song, the name away from it because I'm actually trying to remix it at the moment. Okay, okay. I, I've contacted the artist to see if they, al- they allow me to do it, but yeah. it, it it just showed me how how powerful music is. It, like A piano is the most powerful instrument in the world, man. A piano yeah. and a voice. And like I nearly had to sit down and had that much of an effect on me. And I know that probably sounds a bit strange, but yeah. it really, like, it, I haven't had inspiration or motivation to work on something as much until I heard this song. It's it's a song that has literally blown me away. It just takes you back to the first time you heard it and where you were and who you were with and all that kind of stuff. And I, I did a, a live stream from, there's a, a nightclub, a local nightclub to me called The Metro, or The Metropolis, which was my, my first kind of big local Saturday night residency. And it was just, it was in 1998, when all the tracks, while well, your West Bams were coming out, your Paul Van Dyke for an Angel, Solar Stones, you know, Seven Six, all these big tracks were coming out. <clears throat> and uh, going back to what I was saying earlier about my friend that passed away, his, I actually made, I made a small clip of West Bam, the, the Matt Dairy and Red Jerry remix of West Bam, uh, Wizards of the Sonic to play at his funeral, and he was the, he was a he was, uh he was my warm up resident DJ on the Saturday nights in the metro with me as well and as soon as I walked in the door it just brought all these memories back and it just made me reminisce and feel so emotional so you you know when I'm playing when I did the live set it was live from the metro the metro's been closed for years but the guys there's a group of guys that have bought the club over just now they're refurbing it all and they're going to try and open it again later God on this help. year God help so, them I know mate I know and I feel, feel really sorry for them the fact they bought this club just before the pandemic but I, th- I think they'll be okay um, so yeah playing this live stream from the metro with all the, the kind of video crew recording it all and then playing West Bam and hearing hearing these old tracks they meant so much to me in the venue that kind of really helped my career locally back in the day. It was just, it was such a release for me, you know. I was, I was an, an emotional wreck. Just even, even the drive, you know, in a town, a seaside town called Salcoats, and even the drive up to Salcoats, you know, I used to do it every Saturday night with my mates, driving up there, just buzzing with energy, just dying to get on the decks, dying to see the club full of people, and just doing that drive and walking through the doors and walking up into the reception area and then stepping out and seeing the dance floor and the DJ box and everything. It was just like, I was, I felt so lucky to go back and be able to experience it all again. And it's just that for me, that's what the whole lockdown scenario has been like. It's just reminiscing about the good times. And it's, it's been such a, a release and uh, a help. Would I, with, be right, with, would I be right in saying that there was a big, massive rave that took place in Presswick Airport? No, mate. It's not that. That was that was Presswick Airport in the, the town where I've lived. I lived in Presswick for forty odd years, and that was uh, Eurodance. It was a thing called Eurodance, and it was, Ricky, Ricky it was Ricky McGowan from Colours that put that one. <laughs> I think I think they did it three times, and it was one. Of, it was the first, the first rave. For, for for anybody who 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 doesn't know, can you explain exactly what happened here? Because I think this like 
if you go to an airport now for non-essential reasons in Ireland, you get fined two thousand euro. So just, let's just go back in time and explain what these people were doing at an airport. Well, you basically walked in into the 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 foyer where you've got all the all the check-in desks lined up. That whole foyer, that whole re- it's not like a reception. The, the terminal, the main terminal building, was a rave. I can't actually remember the lineup. I'm sure the Prodigy were there. I'm sure there was K Class. I'm sure there's a few other kind of real old school kind of rave guys that were on. It was basically a rave in the check the check in area of an yeah, airport. And there was people. Every, every every conceivable part of that airport was being used as a dance floor. There was people up on top of the check in desks just raving their asses off. I, I was I was probably one of them back in the day, um, and it was just a, an unbelievable thing. And I still to this day. Don't know how Ricky McGowan managed to get the permission from the council to get to make something like that happen because that that would just never happen these days, especially now. What a man he is! <laughs> I, <know. Fucking> <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I think he's still up from that from that gig. Yeah, he's still going. Know, yeah. 30, 30 years later, he's still awake. Yeah, still going strong. Yeah. No man, if 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 time travel was possible, that's definitely an 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 era of time that I go back to, like the that type where like. The, the the raves and the hacienda and all that sort of stuff I'm, I'm fascinated with like the late 80s early 90s and I was actually thinking to myself the other day right what what, what films from the 80s wouldn't be allowed ma- ma- wouldn't be made if they were made today and the first one Three Men and a Baby that wouldn't be allowed made man that, 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 no that. chance <laughs> and then one of my favourite films of all time is Home Alone yeah. and I was there thinking right if Home Alone was made now it wouldn't work because the, the Kev, Kevin, Kev, well, Kev, Kevin's ma would be on the plane and then she realised that Kevin's not there so all she'd have to do is go onto her phone log onto the Wi-Fi on the plane <laughs> uh, she might have she might have Kevin's uh, find my iPhone password log in she'll log in she'll see Kevin is in the attic of the house and then she'd go oh bollocks I forgot to change those sheets Kevin's probably covered in fuller's piss uh, fill them in <laughs> <laughs> you, you've really thought about this Brian haven't you yeah this went through my head to the day or else you can just ring him or text Kevin on WhatsApp Kevin where are you I'm at yeah. home okay film's over yeah so exactly if um, Home Alone was made today it wouldn't be able to be made so one yeah. of my favourite films would never be being made so. uh, and and the fact we're all Home Alone just now it doesn't help yeah, the fact yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> Home Alone and climbing the walls would be <laughs> yeah so coming back to that sort of stuff and something a bit more light hearted obviously we spent a lot of time at home in the past year and watching Netflix and, <clears throat> and Amazon Prime. Has there been any like uh, series and TV or documentaries that have stood out to you over the past year that you've really enjoyed? Uh, do you know what's actually been really good and it was a surprise? Malorca told us to watch The Kaminsky Project with uh, Michael Douglas and it's about two old guys basically getting old and just having to deal with you know what happens when you get older and it's I, at first Karen did that she'd actually watched the first season herself and I watched a couple of episodes and I thought, I'm not really getting into this. And then it just starts to, once you've got invested into the characters, it's actually really, really funny. And it's, it's a really good watch. And there's, there's two seasons on Netflix, The Kaminsky Project, it's called. And uh, it's, it's really worth a watch. Um, we've also watched the, well, I always forget the name of it, the social media one you, you mentioned yeah, in the social, last. Social Dilemma. Yeah, that, that f- fried our heads when I watched that with Karen. That, that was unbelievable. Yeah, I thought they mentioned it, like the, the people who own, who uh, run Apple and Twitter, they don't let their kids have phones. Yeah. What does that, that's like a drug dealer not selling to their own family. Like, so I know, mate. if like, 
take the warning take yeah. the warning you know like uh, uh, I've said there's so much there's some great aspects of social media as well all I'm saying is there's a very ins- insidious side to it as well which can take over your life if you're not careful but um, I don't know whether you watched it the, the Last Dance did you watch the Michael Jordan doc oh man no no, no yet no yet I do I do want to watch it Ken's not really into this, the kind of sport things but I, oh. I definitely it's on, on the list to watch it I became obsessed with Michael Jordan for about yeah. three three months last year after watching that documentary oh, you're the, you're the same height as him mate I can understand that <laughs> not at all man. <laughs> no but uh, I became obsessed with him man just him his character his drive just everything about him, man. He's the greatest athlete of all time. Yeah. And then it just, it triggered, like uh, I started reading books about Kobe Bryant and other elite um, f- basketball players and uh, basketball from around the late 80s, early 90s. It ties in with the the time travel thing. It's it's, yeah, a, it's, yeah. a t- it's an era of time that I'm fascinated with and I'd, I'd love to go back in time too. But yeah, I, I developed a, a, a weird obsession with Michael Jordan and Edel was starting to get worried a little bit. I was that... <laughs> Like I was properly obsessed, Man properly crush. obsessed. Yeah. Now I don't know whether it was last year, but I don't know. Have you seen the Irishman on Netflix? Yes, I. I, I, was, I thought it was really good, and I thought the CGI was amazing. The the, the the deep deep fake thing they did was amazing. Um, I'm I'm a bit of a sci-fi geek, mate. I've I've got to put my hands up. I love stuff like Interstellar, Christopher Nolan, all yeah, these big. That's a, a mind blowing uh, film, that uh, Interstellar, man. Have you, I've I've not seen Tenet yet. Have you seen Tenet? No. No. Malacca said that's, that's amazing like as well James you've Bond to, versus Inception yeah, sort of apparently yeah. you've got to watch it a few times to get the gist of it but I, I love I love true crime things I love forensic shows I love true detective things you know real CSI stuff I, I love watching like uh, is it 20 we've got a thing called 24 Hours in Custody have you seen do you have a no. thing like that in Ireland no it's all about they've, they've caught a criminal they've caught maybe somebody that's potentially murdered something, somebody and they've only got 24 hours to turn turn around the case and get enough proof and witnesses to, to basically convict him of murder and some of that stuff I, I could I could sit much to Karen's disgust I could sit and watch these like 24-7 the whole time I love that kind of stuff but my, I've got to say my, my all-time favourite show ever is uh, Breaking Bad I don't yeah. know if you've seen Breaking Bad that is just incredible have you have you only watched it once did you no, ever go I've, back? Oh, no, I've watched it. I've watched it like about four times. I think. Oh man, the, the second time I watched it was even better. Yeah. I know it, that's it's probably a sad thing. Like, why would you go and watch something again? But there was, was so many, there yeah. was so many things that I didn't pick up the first time. It's if own. I like I, when I watched it for the second time, it felt like there was an even bigger part of my life missing. But I'll, I'll give you one. There's a, there's a show on Netflix called Kingdom. It's about. Um, it's about an MMA gym in in uh, Los Angeles uh, and a family that run it. Oh, it's unbelievable! I was far, I was having dreams about it and obsessed with it, and it, I really, really enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. Uh, and if anybody hasn't seen it, it's called Kingdom. Absolutely unbelievable. Did you watch? Um, did you watch Blood uh, Blood Money? It's based in Montreal. It's like the the Canadian like a mafia mafia in Montreal. I don't think I've watched that one now. It's quite a good one to watch because obviously you've been to Montreal a yeah. lot as well. But it's 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 really good. It's like a proper gangster series. And it's, it's like it's, a Canadian Gamora yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's mega. Really, really enjoyed that as well. I'm trying to think what else we've been watching. I, I'm trying to think of them here as well. I can't think. I watched one at the weekend. It's called Informer. Okay. It's on BBC. Really good. Really, yeah. really good. Did you watch the Pistorius documentary? No. It's, it was in the BBC. I don't know if you guys would get that over in, in Ireland as well, but it's a like a three-part documentary about Pistorius and what he went through and, you know, obviously 
killed his shot his shot his girlfriend and stuff and it's the whole the whole case about how he was such a successful athlete going from that to basically getting convicted and getting locked up but it's 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 really interesting it's pretty pretty good a good watch yeah, I remember I watched Make, Making a Murderer, the, the first season of it. That's the most well. pointless thing I've ever watched was the oh, second did, season. Oh, Boy, yeah, did yeah. they make it, man. Yeah, I know, mate. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a terrible <laughs> film that had a sequel that, that could relate to it, but I actually can't think of one, so I'll have to just let that go. Jaws 2. Jaws 2 is pretty naff. Yeah, there we go. Go Jaws 2, yeah. But jeez, I don't know how they dragged eight episodes out of it. That, like, literally yeah, no, nothing, nothing happened. Yeah, nothing happened. Pre- and he's still tough. locked up. <laughs> But I remember watching that Making a Murder for the first time and I was like, this can't, <laughs> he can't be getting locked up for this. This is insane. Have you watched this, the Cecil Hotel one in, in LA? Not yet, this? that's on the list. We watched Night Stalker, we watched that, that was right. really good. Really the only good. thing I'll say about this, this, I keep on saying Cecil, but is it Cecil? Cecil, Cecil I think Hotel. it's Cecil, but Cecil, we would say Cecil. Cecil. Yeah, Cecil, yeah. But it's, it's all about a girl goes missing in the hotel. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. But then all these internet sleuths, like these internet, pretty much conspiracy theorist guys get involved. And critical they all, thinkers, and, man. Critical and, thinkers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so these guys get involved and they, they basically completely mess up the case. They're interfering with the police, the you know, police investigations and stuff. And you're just, it's, it's probably the most it's the show that's made me the most angry in the last 12 months I was shouting at the TV going what the fuck get these guys out of there you know just complete and absolute bollocks getting discussed on these you know on the internet and stuff just it's oh, so I can't wait to go back to America I love it I, I know mate I, I, so miss, much, I know mate and I, I love Canada just as much I love Montreal and Toronto I love LA New York you know Every, every, I love the whole Being to Chicago Vibe over there Yeah mate yep, yep. Favourite favorite yep. city in the world Yeah mate Beautiful place Unbelievable yep. Yeah It's yeah, it's an incredible place I really miss that uh, Argentina as well You know how much we love Argentina Yeah And Australia I love Australia Really really miss Going over there I've got loads I think you're the same as me mate it's, it's amazing to have Good friends In different cities That you can hang around with And it gives you that That feeling of it's like a home from home you know a feeling of being you know you forget about the fact that you're thousands of miles away from home you've, you've got you've got friend, genuine friends in other cities that you can hang around with and have a great time with and I think that's 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 that really helps me dealing with the job and dealing with being on your own a lot of the time sitting in airports and sitting in planes you know to, to, to travel and meet people from different cities that that for me is a really depressing thing just now as well the fact that that's all taken away from us as well. Yeah, I, I've I've really started to miss. It's not just the being away and traveling. It's it's just that feeling of of playing and that yeah. connection. Having a, having a purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's. There's some days where I feel like I don't have a purpose, but that does that only lasts a few minutes because it's not true. Like you know, I, know what I, mean? like, I, I question know. it and I get rid of that because yeah. I know it's nonsense. But I, I I will say that this podcast has given me. Um, as as I was scared starting it and obviously had a bit of anxiety around it, how it was going to go, how it was going to be received. But to be honest, I haven't had anything but um, positive positive feedback that I've heard. Obviously, some people might think it's a load of shite, but that's fair enough. That's your opinion. Like no, I, I, I've really not, enjoyed not doing it, and um, I think it has. It it is helping people out there, and to sort of. What I want to do, as I said, what I want to do is normalize all of this stuff, man, and just sort of. Let, let everyone see that we're, we're all going through the same stuff and yeah. let's just keep our, keep our keep our heads up and keep going 
I, I think I think kudos to you, mate. I, I'm I'm not. I hope I don't <coughs> put you in the spot here, but I think it's. I think it was a really brave thing he did a few years ago, talking to Victor Kidson about your you know mental health issues and stuff, and it just felt like a lid being opened, and you've you've probably helped countless amounts of people already just the fact that you opened up about it you're not ashamed to talk about it you're not it's it's a it's a normal thing it's so many people deal with it and on many different levels and the fact that you've opened up about it and the fact that you've continued that kind of theme with these podcasts and you know it's definitely a, a good thing mate and you know kudos to you for for opening up and showing people that as you said, it's not a robot. You're not a, rob- a robot. We're all humans, and we're all dealing with different things. And it's it's so good to talk about it, and not just for yourself, but you, for helping other people as well. Yeah, I want I want to normalise it, and I I, I don't want to look back and think, oh, I've had a very hard time and all this. <clears throat> I've had challenging moments, but I'm all right. Like I'm still here, and yeah, I, like I don't sit sit here and, and shit myself about life. I. I, I want to normalise all this stuff I want to look back at some of the stuff I've done and laugh at it because yeah. it's one thing I've really learned from the last year is life it, it's all about perspective and how you look at things and like some terrible things can happen to you but it's how you view them and if they've made you a better person what have you learned all that type of things and, and I think I have I've had I've had to do a lot of work on myself that's being honest like I've I've had to I've read so many things with regards to self-improvement and looking after myself and sort of improving how my mind works and my body and finding what works and cutting down on drinking alcohol and eating better food and like it snowballs it, these things all they, they, they get on top of each other and they, they improve you bit by bit by bit because yeah. even uh, a couple of years ago I, I just felt there was something something wrong with me and I went to see a nutritional therapist to see if uh, she could suggest a, a better diet for me or something and like I'm sitting here I'm sitting there giving her advice on things and she, she just looks at me and she goes like there's nothing wrong with you like you're you seem like you have things in fairly good check so yeah. what are you here for <laughs> but this is just this is just how my head works at times man I think I'm I'm, I'm nuts at times but everyone does everyone thinks they're a weirdo everyone has weird shit going through their head that they never yeah. tell anyone but it's not weird because this stuff happens to everyone. So, like, let's get rid of this stigma. We're all fucked. We're all weirdos. I know I shouldn't laugh, mate, but one of the funniest things I saw you talking about was the fact that you used to sometimes think about going up to random people and punching them in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that is, that is a, I, know, I know I shouldn't laugh, but that was No, she should laugh. That's, that's no, amazing. you should laugh at this. This is what... <laughs> If like if if you had one of these weird things in your head and you said it to someone and the two of you broke your bollocks laughing about it, how much better would you feel? Yeah, it's a bit like Tourette's, isn't it? It's like it these is. It's, 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 a, it's a, a mental Tourette's. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's Amazing. been other ones that I won't discuss in public, but there's know, some yeah. worse ones. <laughs> well, mate, I'm glad you've I'm glad you've never followed through any time you've been talking to me. <laughs> well, I, nearly, I, nearly, I nearly did in the queue with your mum, and I was talking about my anger issues, but I didn't. But that that was that, lucky that, that wasn't a supermarket. That was only a small little shop. So maybe yeah. there's a connection. There. Yeah, that diet's got a massive. You know, I'm I'm going to be the, the first to admit it over Christmas time. It's, it's not like I was drinking, you know, waking up in the morning and taking shots of vodka and stuff, but we were drink, drinking pretty much every night through Christmas, just eating all sorts of shit. That's and what Christmas yeah, is for, man. I know, Don't I know, yourself. I know, but, but no I, started, I started to feel really low. Like, when it came into January, the weather was bad, Christmas was over, lockdown was in, I couldn't 
couldn't get to see my mum and dad, my friends, everything. You know, that was just all really bringing me down. Like, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty tough place. Just a horrible, low, low, low feeling that I just felt, which I probably haven't experienced anything like that before. But very quickly, we, we cut the drink back, cut, cut the, you know, sorted our diets out, just started getting back out, walking again, walking the dog, and it just very, very quickly just came right back out of it again. But it's, yeah, diet, diets plays a massive part in it. Sorry, yeah, alcohol is the depressant, so doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, complete you know, downer. Like I even um, I don't drink that much anymore. But don't get yeah. me wrong, I I love having a drink. Like I I love drinking. I just yeah. it's the it's the after effects of it that I find very I difficult, and it really affects my mood. And even yeah. excuse me, even last week, I think I had like four cans of Guinness at home, and on the next day, I f- I, t- I felt horrendous, and that was <laughs> <Did> only f- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And that was only after four cans of Guinness. I was there, jeez, imagine if I actually went out on a proper session now. I'd be in bits for a week. You're a, you're a good advert for Ireland, mate. We've got a, a traditional full-blown Irishman here yeah, talking about... Here, I'm drinking water out of a Guinness glass, look. <laughs> <laughs> you got locked up for that over there, but... I know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's, I'm just coming back to that as well, like... As we're talking about how you felt after drinking alcohol, how I felt, and like for people who are obviously we don't really have the opportunity to go out and party and all that stuff, but you need to understand if you're going out doing whatever you're doing and taking these things and drinking, it's going to have a very negative effect on your mental health. Yeah. So just be careful and just have an awareness of how it can um, cause increased anxiety and, cro- and change your way of thinking and stuff. Just be careful and just look after yourself and. Do your best not to fall down that trap. And um, I, I really appreciate Mark coming on today and speaking about something so personal to you that hasn't, you, you haven't spoken about before. And I hope it has helped you a little bit. And I, I hope that us speaking about this sort of thing and just let to let, let people know that it, it's very, very easy to get caught in these types of thoughts. And, and I'll come back to it again. When your mind is giving you that way out of your pain, it's only trying to help. It's giving you a suggestion of how to end that suffering. And just to have an awareness of it, please don't follow through. And as I've said before, if I can help anybody, I leave my DMs open on Instagram and you can message me about anything. If there's anything I can help you with, messages, or if I can send a video to any of your friends, anything like that, no problem at all. And Mark, I'm sure you, you, you're same exactly the same. Uh, yeah. Exact same for me. If anybody who's struggling, just you know, get in touch. My, my Instagram's always open as well. My Facebook, if even if you want to leave us a comment or you know anything at all, um, just get get in touch, guys, because it's it has to be discussed and there's there's always help for you out there. So yeah, thank thanks a lot for having us on, Brian. It's been good to chat and hopefully the next time I see you, I'll get a big big hug of you and we can jump around and do what we do best. Absolutely. <laughs> Mark, thank you very much. An absolute gentleman. I really appreciate you coming on this podcast today. Thank you very much. Thanks, Brian. See you soon. See you mate. later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.